What is good, everybody? Welcome to another Niners Nation Instant Reaction Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Stats Guerrera. Nice to be joined for a happy recap, everybody. After the bye week, before we get started, I want to say, please continue, rate, review, follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We appreciate all your support, all your tweets, all your reviews, everything. We are the fastest growing 49ers podcast on the planet, and we are grateful for your support. Also, want to give a shout out to Homage. If you like cool 49ers gear, as you can see as I stand up here, show the Niners shirt. Check out Homage. There's a link right in our show notes and this on YouTube, and there'll be a link in the podcast as well. And you can get some cool Niners gear, and you might need it because the Niners get the win 22-16 over the Chargers as I welcome in. The one, the only Levin Black wearing the homage starter jacket looking good, Levin. It wasn't always pretty. It wasn't always fun, but it was enough. The Niners get the win. Yeah, first and foremost, uh, it's good your audio is working this time on the Instant Reacts. Shut up, you jerk. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, that was a game... I, I honestly sat there just kind of quiet throughout the whole game. Like there wasn't the big play to get you going. And it was just a game that it had this bad feeling throughout the whole thing. <laughs> and you just, you kept waiting for the hammer to drop, but it never came. And they eventually clawed their way back in. The offense has some major freaking issues. Starts with Kyle Shanahan. Yep. But a win is a win. That's right. And that is the message tonight. Okay. A win is a win. We can talk about all that stuff. And there was a lot of it, but I want to talk about the positive stuff first. And by the way, we, we want your comments as much interaction as possible. Please keep them coming. We'll get to as many as we can here. But the thing I want to mention, I want to give a shout out to this defense is un. Real. I don't know the exact number because I got to see the calculations. I think the Chargers had 52 yards of offense in the second half. They absolutely locked it down. And if the 49ers didn't gift the Chargers opportunities to score, they wouldn't have scored. There was a block punt that set them up an easy field position. And there was uh, the fumble. Was it Ayuk uh, with the fumble or or my forget? It. I forget what Ayuk, the other. Yeah. yeah. And. That led to Chargers field goals, but they clamped down in the red zone when they needed to. The, the 49ers could have been had their doors blown off, but they didn't because the defense came to play and they delivered again, Eleven, The defense has this weird thing going on where first drive of the game, they look like burnt toast. They just <laughs> are craptastic. Like they don't do anything. The offense goes right down the field, scores a touchdown, and you're like, what the heck was that? And then the rest of the game, they're the dominant defense you expect. It's like if they can solve that first drive issue, they're going to get back to that historic level of defense. It's really weird the way that's working. But overall, you got a really good defense that's carrying this team because the offense continues to be the offense. Thank you very much to Full Whites watching on the YouTube page for the Super Chat. Jimmy G may be inconsistent, but he's a good-looking man. Go 49ers. He is a good-looking man. You, you know, I got to say, Jimmy had a decent game. Like, he doesn't, he didn't uh, dominate in the box score. You know, this isn't one where you're going to look at his stats and be like, oh, wow, Jimmy played well. But he was efficient. He made plays when he needed to play. Uh, he didn't really have turnover-worthy play in this game that I can remember. And he moved pretty well in the pocket. Like there were a couple of times he actually escaped the pocket. One of which he made that 36 yard, uh, perfect pass to Ray Ray McLeod. That was kind that of was the, a beautiful the, pass. Yeah. That was kind of when the game started to turn. Uh, and 
I think Jimmy, this is one of his better games this year. Uh, I don't know. I want. I still want to talk about the defense. We'll get to Jimmy Garoppolo in the offense. I want to talk about this defense more. Like, and I know the Chargers had guys out. I get that, but holding any NFL team, especially one quarterback by Justin Herbert, who everybody says, including the TV announcers, was pretty much back to 100% health. Holding them to what they did in the second half is damn impressive. And they deserve love because I feel like what happens is, and I was guilty of it at times, so I admit. But like you said, Niners will go out in the first drive and they'll give up a touchdown and they look they look just confused and bamboozled or whatever. But it's almost like they feel it out, right? It's almost like they're like, all right, this is what you're going to do. Okay. And then they adjust and then they lock it down. And they absolutely did in the second half. There was just, let me read you the Chargers drives in the second half of this game. Punt, 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 turnover on downs, pick. That is unbelievable. That is utter and complete domination by D'Amico Ryans. Good for you, D'Amico, and good for this defense. You love to see it, especially with Dre Greenlaw being out of the game for no damn good reason. Right. I mean, it, it was kind of what we expected coming into this game. You know, we talked about on our Gold Standard podcast that, the uh, Chargers are not a good running game team. They only averaged, I think, like 3.7 yards per carry coming into the game. They were not able to get the run game going with Eckler, and that allowed the defense to just kind of sit back and say, okay, well, you don't have good wide receivers right now because your top two are out, so we trust ourselves to shut down your other receivers, and that's exactly what happened. The Chargers ran for 51 yards in this game. On 16 carries, they averaged only 3.2 a carry. Like, they could not run the ball, and that makes them extremely one-dimensional and allows the defensive line to really go back, you know, pin pin back and go after Justin Herbert, and that's what we saw. Like, in the second half, I think they, they didn't blitz as much. I think that was part of the issue early on. They were blitzing too much. And then Bosa just kind of took over. Bosa was con- continually making Herbert get off his spot. Bosa is so damn good. By the way, Flint7785, thanks for the super chat. So glad to hear Mr. Black mention the weird feeling throughout the game. Just glad the hammer never dropped. Also, super cool to see Trey Lance walking. I didn't see that, but that is super cool. Um, But here's the thing I want to mention about Bosa. When you need a play, when they're backed up and you need a stop and a play, he almost always does it now he doesn't always get the sack in that spot but he always pushes his guys back in the backfield or takes up two blockers while still pressuring and allows somebody else to get the sack it is unbelievable he's just like oh okay we we need to play all right i got it and it's just like a video game on easy and he just plows in there and does it even on that last play the the uh interception boza pushed his guy back made herbert step up and him stepping up allowed I forget what the other defender was that kind of got the deflection hit him as he was throwing yep that caused the interception but that was because Boza dominated his guy and made Herbert step off the spot that he wanted to be on Josh Delgado on the YouTube page Hufonga's hands are amazing the patience to come down with that interception is just a wild play it was a great play because it was low and he had to scoop it you know it's amazing all these years we see 49er safeties they can't make a play Jimmy Ward Jaquaski Tart they can't get interceptions Hufonga gets them. They fall out of the sky for him, man. That was my criticism. I, I sat there. I didn't celebrate because I was like, I don't know if he caught that. Like, I, I couldn't it, see baby. it. You know what I mean? Like, you couldn't see it. It was one of those that was close enough. It's like, that might have hit the ground. I don't know. I'm not celebrating crap until I see a replay. Right. It was unbelievable. 
And it's just, it's great to see by him because he's had some, he's had some gaffes in coverage, including on that opening drive. He's yeah. had some uh, kind of a rough game, but he, you know, he also makes plays. And that's what we talk about with Jimmy Garoppolo, right? It's okay. He throws interceptions. He doesn't make up for it with touchdowns. Hufanga allows some stuff, but he also makes big plays like that. Obviously, that was huge. Um, is there anything else you want to say about the defense? Because people are dragging Kyle Shanahan in the offense, and I get it. And I want to get to that, but I just want to get more positive stuff before we get negative because they I, did win I, I the get game. it. I knew this was going to be how the instant reacts goes because, yes, it is a win, and that is huge, and it should be a positive, but it's also a game that exposed this offense to all the fears that everybody had going into the bye week. And I knew this instant reacts was going to be more about the offense, and uh, I hate to say negative because it's the truth. <laughs> but uh, I don't have anything else about the defense. They played great. They had one bad drive the rest of the game. They shut them down. But the story of this game, I think, is the Niners are not out of the woods. They're not on the way to the playoffs just yet until they get this offense figured out because they got way too many weapons to be playing this bad. And like I said at the start of the show, that falls on Kyle Shanahan because the tonight, I think more than any other game this season, it was clear the game plan was dog shit. <laughs> it was, I mean, to come out of the gate like that, the way they did, it's the same script, right? No matter how much time I mean, Kyle has second to think half, about Like it. they struggled to finish anything. They did they not finish enough. in the red zone tonight. They did not. I think they kicked three field goals of, of 30 yards or, or 20 yards in the game. Yeah. Terrible. Uh, Maynard Keenan, thanks for the super chat. Actual proof that no matter how many weapons Kyle Shanahan has, he doesn't know how to use them shaking my head. My thing in the first half, and I was super angry about it, was they couldn't run the ball. And it was everybody runs the ball on this Chargers team. They give up 5.7 yards per carry. In the first half, the 49ers just couldn't move the ball. Let me look at the actual numbers. What do they have? 51 rushing yards in the first half. They ran it for 3.2 yards per carry. And I'm sitting there like, how is it that everybody else runs for 5.7 and the Niners can't do it? Now, in the second half, I think the Chargers got worn down. Christian mm -hmm. Covington got hurt with about 11 minutes to go in the fourth quarter. They, they literally ran out of people. And to Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers credit, they just kept running it. And they went hurry up, too, which I loved right at the end before they got the touchdown because they didn't want to give the Chargers a chance to sub out. And they got the touchdown in the Christian McCaffrey run. Right. And the thing that really bothered me about the run game, even going in on that final drive, if they ran to the right, especially like trying to get to the outside, it allowed Derwin James and their speedy linebackers to make a play. When they ran to the right and tried to get outside of McGlinchey in that offensive line, it never worked. It was <laughs> always a loss. There were always multiple guys there. That is not the strength. McGlinchey cannot do that, and it allows the defense's strength to come forward. When they run against the left, you, I'm sure you saw the stat that popped up right towards the end of the game prior yes. to that last drive. They lead the league running to the left, and yet when they needed a first down to clinch this game. What were they doing? Running to the right. I don't get it. 41 carries for the Niners in the game, 157 yards, just 3.8 yards per carry. So it wasn't like super effective, but it was effective when it needed to be. And the weird thing is Christian McCaffrey was the one struggling. He only had uh, 2.7 yards to carry. Yeah, uh, he did not. I thought Mitchell looked better than Christian McCaffrey, to be totally honest with you. Uh, Edgar watching on my Twitch page at Stats on Fire. Feel free to subscribe. Shanahan is too confident on Christian McCaffrey going 20 yards in each play. I don't know about that, but Christian did not look 
as a runner, as a receiver, he looked great and made m- multiple plays, which is fantastic. As a runner, I actually thought Elijah Mitchell looked better. You know, Mitchell's obviously played less because he was coming off of an injury. But, yeah, I was surprised to see McCaffrey not do a little better on the I ground. I will say this. I, saw, I, I noticed an interesting, I don't know if it was a full-on tactic or if it just ended up happening to look that way. But when they ran to the outside, the pitches truly tried to get the edge. It was McCaffrey, and those did not work. When they ran to the inside, it was Mitchell. And guess what running to the inside did? It put stress on that defensive line that they had nobody for, which allowed them to dominate. And so I don't know how much of it had to do with that, but I did notice that when it was an inside run, it was Mitchell. When it was an outside run, it normally was McCaffrey. Now, there was a little bit of a mix there, but it it was predominantly built that way. And I don't know if that's going to be something going forward or if this was just kind of one-off. I just saw a fantastic picture. They interviewed Jimmy Garoppolo after the game. During his interview, he's 10-2 and two as a starting quarterback when he throws zero touchdown passes in the game. That is the best record by any quarterback since 1950, Levin. 10-2 <laughs> uh, when he doesn't yeah. throw a touchdown. That's absurd. Yeah, what's his record when he doesn't throw an interception? Right. Because that's the bigger part of it. And he, he did not turn throw an the ball over. And if he doesn't no. turn the ball over, the Niners almost always win. And let's give a little credit to Kyle Shanahan. I believe he is now 9-30 and 30 when losing at halftime. So there you go, Kyle. Wait, 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 wait. Were they trailing going into the fourth? Because uh, that was the one that was like, what, 1-19 and 19 no. or something oh, terrible. Wait a minute. It was, let's see, it was 13. Yeah, they were trailing going into the so He got his second win ever when trailing by three three or more points going into the fourth quarter. Yeah. That, that was, was the stat that was around going into that Rams game where he, he was like one in some god-awful number if he was trailing by three or more points going into the fourth. Yeah, he's now two and 30. So there you go. See, it's all good today. It's all good. Uh, I thought the usage was a little strange offensively from some people. Like Debo. Debo yeah. didn't get the ball unless they handed it to him or threw him a screen pass. Like he, he was a ghost out there. Ayuk had seven targets, six catches, 84 yards. Debo Samuel, two catches, 24 yards on six targets. George Kittle. What it is? What? What's that? Ayuk is the number one receiver on this team. Yeah. Debo is a fantastic offensive weapon, but when you're talking about strictly a wide receiver and only as a wide receiver running routes and, and all that goes into being a wide receiver only, I would take Ayuk. Debo is not the same level of a route runner, and we're seeing it week in, week out. This is the fourth straight game that Ayuk said 80-plus yards, and his fourth straight game of six-plus catches. He is the clear number one wide receiver on this team. Debo is an offensive weapon, but right now, all of the screens, the runs, the things that made Debo special last year are being taken away by defenses. That's what defenses are concentrating on taking away. He did have a 15-yard run in this one, which I thought was pretty nice. But um, look, they needed this game, right? The, first of all, the day started perfectly for the Niners. Absolutely perfectly because Seattle lost. It got and, a little and hairy. And the burst on Geno Smith. It got a little scary there. Yes, I agree. But they the Seahawks lost. The Niners are now a half game back, right? It was like, don't mess this up. You got to find a way to beat the Chargers. They got nobody left. You, if you want a chance to win the NFC West, they had to win today. And it was hairy, but they did. Uh, I want to get to oh, some Super Chats. Branko, thank you for the Super Chat very much. Gameplay is not as bad 
offense is not consistent. Ayuk fumble, drop touchdown pass. Mitchell stumble on the last play. Game would be out of reach in the block punt. I get that. Like, I feel like 49ers fans are the kings of, well, he slipped going into the end zone. Well, he fumbled. That 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 wouldn't have happened. That shouldn't have happened if this didn't happen. But the, it did. He did slip. They did fumble. Ayuk did drop a touchdown pass. Like, it counts. Right. And I feel it, like sometimes it counts. Just... And also, other offenses will turn the ball over and then still go out there and put up 30-plus points. Right. You know, uh, you, you can look at uh, the uh, Chiefs today. Now, obviously, the Chiefs are kind of a special offense, but they turned the ball over. You know, there was an interception by Mahomes, and they still absolutely dominated that game and had a fantastic offensive game. The Bills, Josh Allen turned the ball over left and right. Guess what? They still right. scored 30 points. Well, and I see what his point His point is like, hey, the game plan, if IU fumbles, that's not necessarily a bad game plan thing. I get that. But still, in the first half, it was field goal, punt, 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 touchdown. Like Again, with two weeks to prepare for this against a Chargers team with everybody missing. Like, you got to do better than that, even when, when things don't go perfectly. I get that. Chris Maldonado on the YouTube page. Thank you. Rest for irritating on that BS. 11 is the GOAT. Let's start t- stacking those wins. Bang, bang, Niner game. Much love, Rob. Did you think that Greenlaw deserved to be tossed? I did no, not. It, it wasn't even a penalty. It looked bad, but it was not a penalty. He didn't lower his head, and the guy was knocked into him. At that point, Herbert is a runner. You can hit him in the head as long as you're not lowering your helmet. It is not a penalty. And he did not. And that's how, by the way, the announcers first said, I don't think that's a penalty. He didn't lower his head. And then suddenly it was an ejection. And in the second half, the conversation became, should he have been ejected or should it just been a penalty? But when they first reacted to it and saw the replays, you know, uh, Chris Collinsworth was saying that's not even a penalty. The other thing I want to talk about, speaking of weird rules, the touchback, or I'm sorry, it wasn't a touchback. The Niners down the punt at the one yard line and Terry McCauley on NBC kept saying, that's a touchback. That's a touchback. And I'm sitting there like, how is it a touchback? The dude catches the punt and the one yard line has both feet on the ground and is not his feet are not moving for, and he has the ball for at least a second. And then all right. of a sudden, because he takes a couple steps backwards, they say it's a touchback. Now well, I admit, here's the issue. I, have. I, I get what he was saying because he kept moving back, but when his feet stayed planted, the whistle then blew. And then he started stepping back to me. It just seemed real. Like the guy has the punt. It's there. It's in his hands. He's got it secure. He wasn't falling over when he, when he initially took possession of the ball. Now I admit, I don't know the exact wording of the touchback rule, but to me, like when I saw it, I didn't even think there was any possibility that it could be a touchback until NBC mentioned it. And it ended up being big because it pinned the chargers deep and, and it helped the Niners. Yeah. But the thing is, if the whistle didn't blow, is Tabor Pepper going up and gra- you know hugging him and congratulating him and knocking him into the end zone? Probably not, because the whistle hadn't blown yet. And it's not like he was going to go into the end zone on his own. He took a small step backwards after the whistle blew. He was still a half yard away from the end zone. He could have easily stopped himself and wondered why the whistle wasn't going to be blown. But the whistle did blow, and his teammates came and congratulated him, and that's what knocked him in the end zone. So it was just a kind right. of a farce of an issue. Like, the whistle <laughs> blew, and that's why he went into the end zone. What is your issue here? MC Rebecca watching on Twitch. The refs missed at least three calls in the Chargers. Very inconsistent. And Carlo on the YouTube page pointed this out, too. There were like oh, yeah. four false starts that weren't called. The Chargers right tackle kept false yeah. starting like many times, and they never called it. 
Yeah, that was uh, bad. And you you heard them say, the announcers even said, that the 49ers coaches are going crazy on the sideline right now wanting mm-hmm. the false start penalties. So they noticed it. Like, you can't let the guy get in, in a head start on that. And guess what? He had a head start. The defense didn't get there. They got a first down. The next play, he didn't get the head start. Guess what happened? A sack. That's why you can't allow him to have a head start. <laughs> this just in. Not good to let defensive players get a head start. But look, we got the win. We got the win. Seahawks lost. The Rams, I mean, Cooper Cup is hurt for the Rams, and, and they look terrible in a weird game against their Arizona where both backup quarterbacks played. I'm a little nervous. I think I'm more nervous that Colt McCoy is going to start next week against the Niners considering what he did the last time he faced them. But uh, this was a good day for the 49ers, and I know a lot of people are frustrated offensively. Um, a lot of people in the chat Ernest, let's see. Ernest actually is uh, trying to talk a little sense. 49er fans are the only fans that think you have to win every game by 40, LOL. No, but you should be able to put up 25 points a game. With with this offense, right, everybody talks about all the weapons they have and Kyle Shanahan. It's not unrealistic to, to think you should be able to score three touchdowns a game. Am I wrong? Look at the Dolphins. <laughs> the Dolphins have a running back room that is 49ers reruns. And... <laughs> They have a limited quarterback. Now, is Tua better than Jimmy? Probably, but he's not yeah. an elite quarterback. And then they have really good receivers. They don't have the tight end of Kittle. So I think overall, if you add in Kittle, the receiving group's probably pretty overall about the same. And the Niners have, you know, Christian McCaffrey and Eli Mitchell now instead of <laughs> Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Uh, yet the Dolphins are a dominant uh, offense that just wreck teams and the Niners can't move the ball consistently. Uh, Nathan watching on YouTube. Thanks for the super chat. Kyle has too many weapons. Now, where is Kittle gone? That's a legitimate question because like the offense was really just kind of stagnant after that opening drive. And you're like, Oh man, are we going to watch this again? And it's third and 12 with about five and a half left in the second. And Jimmy drops back and hits Kittle and he breaks a tackle and he, you know, lunges forward. He gets up, he does the hand thing. And all of a sudden you feel like, Hey, we got momentum. Garoppolo hits Ray Ray McLeod on that 33 yarder on the very next play. It does seem like sometimes it takes like one play like that to kind of get the offense started. And usually it goes to Kittle. Chris Cronsworth literally said it after the Kittle reception that, uh, you know, he gets all amped after he gets a reception. And that's what tends to jumpstart this offense where they start to believe, yeah, this, you know, this is what we're about, where the Niners are going to hit people rather than let them hit us and all of that. And you see it now. I, I have to sit and wonder why can't Kittle get that same fiery, you know, get people amped up. Why does it take him having the ball to get that effect, which isn't necessarily on Kittle. You know, I'm not putting that all on Kittle, but, Seems like this team has to have one of their star players, one of their leaders get the ball and make a big play before they truly start believing. Well, yeah. It's weird. Well, get it to them then, Kyle. Figure it out. Uh, Glass City, thank you for the super chat. I don't understand how this offense is so stale. What happened to the excitement and ingenuity of the Rams game offense? It looks like Kyle is just trying to survive rather than put games away. Well, part of it is he doesn't go for it on fourth down especially in the red zone. And that came up again today, Levin. We saw it multiple times in this game. Kyle Shanahan settles for field goals. First drive, it's fourth and goal at the two. 
at the two. And he trots Robbie Gold out there to kick a field goal. And it's just infuriating. What is so terrifying to Kyle Shanahan about Justin Herbert and the Chargers having to start a drive on the two-yard line? Like, what is so terrifying? So even if you don't get the touchdown, that's what would happen. I don't understand why he is trotting out the field goal kicker. And then at the end of the game, he did the same thing. It's fourth and goal at the two, 58 seconds left. And what does he do? He trots Robbie Gold out there to do what? To make it six so that the Chargers have to get a touchdown? Okay. But if you get the two freaking yards, you seal the game. And at worst, the Chargers have to start at the two-yard line and go all the way down the field to get a field goal. I do not get, even in that situation, even when it's extremely in your favor, he still won't do it. And the 49ers press corps is not going to ask him about it after the game. They're going to say, how close were you to going for it? And he's going to say, not close, because that's what he says every time. My issue is, is once it was third and one there at the end, QB sneak it twice. For the love of God, which QB sneak it twice, the- you're getting a yard. He did QB sneak it twice in a row earlier in the game, and it was beautiful. I love earlier it. in the game. I literally thought this game might be going for the record of QB sneaks because the Chargers did it twice <laughs> too, <laughs> but then neither team did it. But like it's third and one. QB sneak it. If you don't get it, fourth and one. QB sneak it. Like you have one of the best all time QB it. sneakers. You know, like utilize it. If it's if it's third and one, you got two chances at it. You're going to get it. He is absolutely elite. That's his elite skill. I said it all the time. Jimmy Garoppolo is an elite quarterback sneaker. I don't know if he learned it from Brady or what, but but it's gonna come back and hurt this team, and it has multiple times, Levin. And people, they win. So people are like, oh, see those field goals. They really come into play. It's like, yeah, well, guess what? In the games that they've lost, those field goals have hurt them. Uh, yeah. I mean, they did miss an extra point. So it's not like the field goals are guaranteed. A couple right. of these field goals were close to getting blocked, including that last one. All year they've been close. And Tim Kawakami actually tweeted about that. He pointed it out, too. It seems like always comes off the left side, usually. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it, it's again, it's a white knuckle with this team, man. But hey. They win, they win, they win. Ooh, I like this. Uh, Bender Rodriguez watching on Twitch. The 49ers lost eight points of win probability by kicking today. I can't believe that Kyle hasn't seen those numbers, right? Like, he has to have seen them, and yet he does not care about them, clearly. He's a stubborn mule. Yeah. (laughs) That's his big problem. His big problem is that he's stubborn. Because I think a lot of what the issue is on offense is that he keeps running his offense and just expects the players to execute it rather than recognizing whatever his team's strengths are and devising a game plan around those strengths, he says, here's the offense, execute it. Hey, why aren't you executing it? I'm going to sit here pissed off on the sidelines, which, by the way, (laughs) that annoyed the hell out of me. The amount of times you saw him pretty much sitting there going, you know, MFR because they lost a couple yards on a run way to the outside. It's like, how about you adjust and stop trying to pretend? Like, you're literally ramming your head into a brick wall constantly and refusing to recognize that it's a freaking brick wall not made of cardboard. <laughs> Adjust. He does get pretty animated. And by the way, line. I think you heard it. They didn't They didn't phrase it in that way. But right at the end of the game, Collinsworth said that McCaffrey came in and said he was shocked at how diverse and complicated the run game is and how many different scenarios there are within the run game. Yeah, that's the whole problem. <laughs> it's way too complicated. Let's get some post-game reaction now. Shanahan on the Dre Greenlaw ex- uh, ejection. It kind of blew my mind. I get the penalty, but I have to learn what that is. 
there had to be intent or something necessary that really shocked me. Hopefully they can teach us so we can understand why we lost one of our players. Boy, that is, that is him throwing some shade at the league. Hopefully they can you teach see us. Dre, Dre uh, Greenlaw during the game when he, he put on Instagram, uh, free me, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, Troy Vincent. Yeah. We're looking at you because they flat said that the refs told them that Troy Vincent made that call in New York. Yeah. And I, that is an atrocious decision for somebody that's not even at the game, which you know by the way, to me, New York should not be injecting themselves into a game unless it's completely and totally egregious, completely obvious. Should not be an opinion. The fact Troy Vincent made that call is egregious. Well, I'm fine with that. I mean, I don't. Why does he need to be in the building if it's a? We have I just the don't video. think New York should be interjecting them. Like you can say, "Hey, go review it." I don't think New York should be making the call. Unless it is like a clear, obvious, hey, refs, you really missed this one, you, and the camera shows it. And that was not the case. This should have been something that Troy Vincent allowed the refs to make the call on because they were there. They are better able to tell intent, in my opinion, in a scenario like that. It was uh, surprising to me, um, but you know what it was. It was a big-time quarterback who the league mm-hmm. loves, who's going to be in primetime next week, by the way, because they just flexed them into that game, and it looked bad. Let's be honest. I mean, you saw there was a picture of Herbert on the sideline. His jaw was swollen and bright mm-hmm. red from where Greenlaw, uh, Greenlaw crashed into him. It looked bad. And so, you know, when it looks bad, that's that's what happens. Speaking um, of seeing Herbert on the sideline. Yes. I tweeted it at one point, and it just kept continuing. I don't know what the director of this game, in terms of in the truck, what, was obsessed with. But every single time the Niners got a first down on offense, they cut to a close-up of Herbert on the sidelines. Like, what's that going to do with anything? <laughs> like, once or twice? Yeah, I get it. You show the, like, quarterback frustrated because he can't get back on the field. But he literally never showed emotion, and there were, no joke, half a dozen times that they not only cut to him, but they did a slow pan in to him. It's Ooh. like, what is the point of this? Stop it. Well, he's handsome. You know, he's a good looking guy. They wanted to show his hair. (laughs) That's why Uh, he grew back. (laughs) Yeah, well, he can take the L. The Chargers didn't even charge her in this one, too. That's what I was hoping. Like, as it got close at the end of the game, I'm like, okay, the Chargers are going to charge her. Like, something will happen that will help us out. And they didn't even do that. But the 49ers, you know, they still were able to take advantage. They still were able to just protect the ball, which is something that they not always have done. Uh, Shanahan said after the game, he'd like to blow teams out and be more clinical, but quote, I was proud of our team today. Those are the type of games that that team, the chargers are really good at winning. No, it's not Kyle. Those guys are tough to get in the end zone against, but we still found a way to win. I mean, that's kind of shirking responsibility there, Kyle. They're tough to get into the end zone against, or you didn't do a good job calling plays in the red zone. Grant Cohen has a great tweet that he just put out. The Seahawks scored 37 points against the Chargers. I'm just saying. Right. Like, that's the thing. And I was <laughs> I was getting mad about this during the game. How is it that the, this 49ers offense can always stop themselves? No matter mm-hmm. if it's this team can't stop the run, yet the Niners can't run against him. This team can't stop the deep pass. The Niners don't pass it deep. They always stop themselves. And it's thank yep. God for the defense because the defense bailed them out until the 49ers adjusted in the second half. It seems like every drive, there's either a really bad interception by Garoppolo or McGlinchey gets burnt and causes a sack. 
that puts them in a hole they can't get out of, or the wide receiver has a really bad drop. I, I don't know if Debo still leads the league in drops, but I know he was uh, after, I think, week five. He was still leading the league in drops. Like It seems like every single drive, a different person all across the the position groups, you know, it's not just like it's not just the offensive line or just the quarterback. It's all of them, but they all like take turns of, hey, I'm going to be the screw up on this drive. <laughs> Jeff Dini on Twitter at PFF underscore Jeff tweeted this out. The Niners have won four of their last six regular season games when trailing at halftime. And like we've talked about, that, that was not the case with Kyle Shanahan in his tenure. Usually when they trail at halftime, they lose four of their last six. They've done it now. How many of those have come against the Rams? That would be my next question. I don't know off the top of my head, but they still did it. All right. I think we've gone long enough. We haven't mentioned them, but uh, uh, Juwan Jennings pretty much said OBJ who? (laughs) Come on. He did have multiple big catches on third down in this game. Multiple. And somewhere it was short of the sticks and he had to break a tackle and get a first down. Right. And that's something I don't think OBJ is going to do. Uh, he's not going to be running these short five-yard plays where he then needs to turn it into an eight- or nine-yard play to get the first down. That's not OBJ's M.O. I just I, I don't see how he fits because this offense already doesn't do a good enough job of spreading the ball around and getting Kittle involved and Debo involved. It, what's OBJ going to do? Like We need somebody that does serve that role of the third wide receiver that runs underneath, runs short routes, and turns – what could have been only a four or five yard play into an eight or nine yard play. And then Jennings can do that better than OBJ. I mean, I, don't, I think the thinking is you're not going to have as many third downs with Odell Beckham Jr. But the Niners were nine of 17 on third down in this game. That's very, very good. That's, you know, almost 50%, it's a little 50. better. So good for the Niners. They, they, on their drive where they took the lead, they converted three third downs. It was a third and five that went to Jennings. There was a third and eight that went to Jennings. And there was a third and 10 that went to Ayuk, which was probably the biggest one of the game right before the touchdown. Uh, the Chargers decided they were just going to blitz everybody. And Ayuk actually made a nice adjustment on a ball that was kind of thrown behind him a little bit, but he made the catch and he almost went into the end zone for the touchdown. Uh, and then the Niners scored on the next play and the quick count to Christian McCaffrey. And something to watch. Eli Mitchell actually out-touched Christian McCaffrey, 19 I, to 18. Yeah, I actually thought that McCaffrey got up and was a little gimpy at one they point. They mentioned that at one point, that they thought maybe he he took a little while to get up and he hadn't been back in for a while. I guess, no, I saw that on Twitter from Kyle Matson, not, uh, not he in looked, the game broadcast. Yeah, he looked a little, like, banged up, which I know probably he was. But uh, And I actually, again, like we talked about, I thought Mitchell looked better anyway, so... You know, that's part of the benefit of having all these guys. But uh, we'll we'll have to keep an eye on that. I didn't see – I'm trying to keep an eye on the post-game comments. I didn't see Kyle's list of injuries, although, like we said. Uh, he he said a- nobody nobody's injured uh, except for Danny Gray injured his ankle in pregame warm-ups. But in the game, they had no injuries. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> uh, that's going to get but you out of the doghouse, Danny Gray. I, I, I'll take that. <laughs> injured in pregame warm-ups. I don't want to see anybody get injured, but – if you tell me your fifth string wide receiver tweaked his ankle and that's the only injury in a game, I, I'm yeah. going to take that. Hufonga afterwards said he took accountability for giving up the opening drive touchdown. It started rough. It was all on me. I've got to be better with my eyes. I flushed it and had a lot of support besides me. Good for Hufonga, man. Step up, take accountability and responsibility and fix it. And he did. Right. We need more of that. 
<laughs> he did, and that defense did too. We give him credit. I mean, like they had let up basically the one drive, and then that was it, like we talked about. So they adjusted. They do have leaders and accountability on that side of the ball. I don't know what the 49ers do on offense. Yeah. I mean, that's entirely part of the problem. And we, we when you have an offensive head coach who never takes the blame, it's hard for the players to then want to take the blame. Carlo watching on the YouTube page, Danny Gray and Ty Davis Price, pointless third round picks. That's part of the reason you can't get too upset about the picks they gave up for Christian McCaffrey, right? If I told you you can get Christian McCaffrey for Danny Gray, Ty Davis Price, and two more picks, would you do it? Hell yeah, you would do it. So we always get worried about the picks until uh, there are names attached to them. Then all of a sudden it looks a little different. Yeah, I mean, Danny Gray can turn into something. Uh, Ty Davis Price, maybe he is something and we're just never going to be able to see it because with Eli Mitchell and Christian McCaffrey, uh, he, he's got no chance. I like this tweet from Nick Eller. Every guy that returned from injury played well. Aziz played really well. Jordan Willis played really well. Elijah Mitchell played really well. You know, we kept talking about, hey, the reinforcements are coming, and they did tonight. Yep, and, I mean, they were going against a lackluster wide receiver group, but we didn't see the sec- the second outside corner hurt the Niners. There was the one play, the defensive P- uh, P.I. that uh, Lenore didn't get turned around oh, for. That was bad. But that's really about the only play that they truly were just like, that position hurt hurt the 49ers they they held up pretty well tonight we'll see what happens when they play against actual starting caliber wide receivers because the chargers didn't have one in this game but i did think the defense showed a more well-rounded didn't seem to have that weak link that they've been having but you know what like stuff like that happens all the time right like the the vikings have played three backup quarterbacks this year like Stuff like that happens. And I, and I know that those help ex- that's context for help explaining why things have happened, but I'm not going to apologize for it, man. I didn't, we didn't injure the chargers wide receivers or anybody on the chargers defensive line. They very easily could have lost this game tonight. And then we, what would we have been saying? They didn't even have their receivers. They didn't even have their defensive linemen. So you know what? I'm not apologizing for it. Tough. We were missing some people too. Still, we still don't have our starting freaking quarterback. So whatever. We get a backup quarterback next week, right? Well, maybe. Yeah, who knows? Uh, I kind of wanted the Cardinals to lose because then I was thinking Kyler would just, you know, he starts to spiral when things go bad. And so I was kind of hoping that he would just sort of be throwing in the towel. By the way, Ace Boogie, thanks for the uh, donation. Appreciate it. If you want to throw a comment in there, I would love to read it, but we'll also take your money. That's cool, too. Uh, I I do. uh, I, I think I preferred it to go the way it did go. I like that the Rams are in full implode mode. Three and six. <laughs> like you won the Super Bowl and you're three and six. At this point, the Niners are tied with the Seahawks in terms of losses with four, and the other two teams are two losses behind. That's huge. Yeah. That is like I said, the day started great. They had a uh, also a great bye week too when the Niners were not playing almost everything that they needed to happen actually happened and so this is where we sit right now the eagles are eight no the vikings are eight and one giants are seven and two cowboys are six and three that lost to green bay today that had to be a little surprising for them seahawks lose of course to tampa like we said they're at six and four niners are at five and four 
So that's where they are in the NFC. I, I look, the NFC West is not out of the question for the Niners by any stretch of the imagination. Are the Giants the worst seven and two team in NFL history? They got to be up there. There's no way they're that good. I haven't seen a ton of them this year, but it's Daniel Jones. And it seems like every week they just manage to get, you know, the pull the rabbit out of the hat and get the win. Hey, you know what? Like everybody likes to excuse 2017 and 2018 away for Kyle Shannon because, oh, the roster was bad. The roster was bad. The Giants roster stinks and they have stunk for a while and he's still winning game. Brian Dable is still winning games. So give him credit. Uh, cards were eight and one last year. Nick Ellert said, yeah, they were. And then they went in the tank like they always do. Uh, Ace Boogie. There you go. There's the comment. Juwan Jennings. That's it. Say no more. Yeah, we talked about it, man. And he he came on last year and did it in this exact same role. Just basically a third down machine, really good after the catch, and he's doing the exact same thing this year. And you don't need to have a pro bowler at every single spot, but you need to have guys that can fill roles, and he's doing that for the Niners. Yeah, the the wide receiver group, they haven't needed Debo. And maybe that's why he hasn't been huge, but that's the weird thing. Like, the wide receiver group is producing, mainly because of Ayuk, but Jennings stepped up in this game. McLeod had the 36-yard re- reception like they got enough out of their wide receivers in this game and that's without Debo doing pretty much anything weird that we can say that but that's yeah, sort of last year is the exact opposite <laughs> and yeah that's true it was Debo doing everything uh and even like he he's so explosive though even on that third was it third and 20 and they throw the screen to him and he gets 16 and like he gets it to the point where I'm like maybe they should go for this on fourth down like He's just so damn good with the ball in his hands. I just would like to see him be able to do that without it having to be a screen or a handoff. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Uh, Ayuk, by the way, I just did the math. Yeah, he's up to being on pace for 1,071 yards this season. You were just not listening to me at all there, right? Oh, no, I heard you about Debo and all that. (laughs) Patrick watching on the Facebook page. I watch football to relax, not cause more stress. Patrick, you picked the wrong thing to try to relax with. (laughs) Well, not only that, you picked the wrong team. You picked the wrong team to root for, Patrick. This is not a relaxing team. If you want a relaxing team, go watch like uh, Houston because you never have to get your hopes up. (laughs) This is a white knuckle, terrifying, even when you think it's close to over, it's not over team. That's where that's what you're rooting for right now. Unless they're playing the Packers or the Cowboys like you're stressing. Jonathan Barry watching on YouTube, by the way, if that's if that's actually you in your picture. That's some good work at the gym. I'll say that. Uh, who's our toughest opponent left, Levin? Let's take a look at it. And I feel like this is like a week-to-week I question. Think there's there's an obvious answer here. Arizona next week on Monday Night Football nope. in Mexico City. Then the Saints. Nope. Then you've got the Dolphins. Yep. That's really tough. That's a really tough one. Good good luck stopping those two wide receivers and not having yeah. Lenore get picked apart. The only thing is at least there's some familiarity from Shanahan there. But, yeah, Miami, I would say, in week 13. And then right after that is Tampa Bay, which it's still Tom Brady, say what you will. And then Seattle, right after that. That's the big game up in Seattle on Thursday. That is a stretch, man. Woo! That is going to be a rough All the stretch. other ones are pretty easy because the Saints aren't very good. The Cardinals aren't good, and you got them twice. The Raiders are not good. And the Commanders the, are the, the other game. Right. They they have, what, five games against teams that they got no excuse losing to. Five but games that, that they should definitely win and three games that are pretty good opponents. 
But that's what we've been talking about, right? That they can lose to anybody. There's a lot of those games on the schedule, but yet they should have beat Chicago. They didn't. They should have beat Atlanta. They didn't. So as, as good as it looks right now, uh, like we just talked about, it'll be a white knuckle thing. It will still be a nerve wracking experience. Yeah. And this team has a history of kind of sitting back on their, uh, I don't know how you want to put it, but they tend to take things for granted. I really do think there's a big problem with this team because they've, so much of their leadership group has been around for that 2019 year and they were able to just steamroll their way. And then last year they were able to turn it on when they needed that. There's kind of this mentality of, and eh, we can afford this and then we'll turn it on. You know, it's until their backs are against the wall. They don't respond. Jason Kime watching on the YouTube page. Our toughest opponent is ourselves. That is well-spoken. Absolutely well-spoken. Every single game, the Niners step on the field. I think they're the most talented team. Isn't it it's wild? all the other stuff. It's crazy that we keep saying that, but look, today was a good day, okay? It was a good day for the 49ers. They got the win, and the Seahawks lost. And anytime you get that, you have to consider yourself lucky. The division Yesterday is still was in a good play. Day, you mean? It's after midnight for us. All right. Well, that's true. <laughs> Thank you, everybody, so much for your support. We are so grateful to you and all the reviews and all the nice things you are saying. And, of course, all the downloads and views, too. We really do appreciate that. Please keep it coming. If you take the time to leave a review, I promise you, we will take the time to read it. Levin, what are you going to do with the rest of your Sunday? Because I know you're not going to sleep because we can't go to sleep for another, like, two hours. I got to unwind. I'm going to try. Uh, I don't have any more Sunday. Like I said, it, it is 12-12 on the East Coast. So don't complain. Think about how angry you would be if this was after a loss. Don't complain. I got up at four o'clock in the morning. I'm on hour 21 of my day. Well, it's 24 in a day. Some people like to, to put some work in Levin and they don't complain about it. Like you, I'm still here working. What do you think I'm doing? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Thanks everybody. Enjoy the rest of your Sunday. Go Niners. They get the win and we'll talk to you all throughout the week.